Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball, presented by Dugout Mugs. This is episode 120, the Delino DeShields Jr. episode. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. My guy. This is, as I said, the Delano DeShields Jr. episode. How are we feeling about it? Awesome. This dude is a lot of fun to listen to. Very humble. So very humble. down to earth. Very down to earth. So I think it's uh it's cool because I mean I should show a little bit behind the curtain with you reaching out to his guy. It's it's kinda his goal as a as a player and we'll dive into it, but he wants to, um, you know, shed some more light on the players behind the scenes and show a little more personality. So I think it was a really cool opportunity and he did great. Yeah. I, if I recall, he was, he kind of, he kind of alluded to not necessarily viewing himself as a pioneer in terms of changing the game in that way, but I could easily see him. I think so. Why as, not? As time, as time moves along, I could easily see him joining the ranks of, yeah. of some of those guys that are really, passionate about improving uh just the attention surrounding the game as yeah. well as the energy surrounding it and i mean based on our conversation with him it, it's not hard from hard for me at all to imagine that being no the case, so not at all and i think uh you know it's cool getting to hear of uh what a big leaguer is doing during all this quarantine corona stuff and uh i think it's cool i, I think everybody's take. done talking about the coronavirus no nah, man because everyone can relate that's what's cool i and think what, that's what's cool about it is it, that somebody who is in the same position man just kind of uncertain um this is people that we these are people that we look up to so i think it's cool to hear that they're in the same position we are just chilling that's true but at what point do we draw the line on talking about the coronavirus like get used to it pal we're this is week two <laughs> i mean like we can't just keep dragging this on though, can we? Oh yeah. Get used to it. We got another two or three months. Do we even think baseball's gonna be played this year? I don't know. We talk about it a little bit in this episode. Ah, we do talk a little bit about Ooh. it. But your honest take at this point in time, do you think there's gonna be a twenty twenty season? If you'd yes. asked me this you do. Yeah. If you would have asked me this like two weeks ago, I would have said all right, it's gonna be there's gonna be a little bit of a delay, but they're not gonna cancel the season. And now I'm sitting here being like, could they cancel the season? Like I feel like it's a very realistic possibility that's on the table right now. I I think they'll play, and here's the reason why is because the NBA had to halt in the middle of it, so they're going to have to come back in some way or another, the NBA is going to have to come back. And I think they're going to be somewhat of a trendsetter. If the NBA can do it, so can we. That's going to be the way I see it. The NFL has got plenty of time, but uh, I think MLB is going to, I mean, it's, they're not they're not the first one through the door for anything. So let the NBA. Always pulling carry, up the rear. Yeah. Let the NBA carry the torch, kind of lead the way, and hopefully the MLB will follow. Well, that's the way you see it. That's the way I see it. Delino has his own take on it. 
I don't want to delay this any further. Without further ado, Delano DeShields Jr. All right, we are joined here by Delano DeShields Jr. of the Cleveland Indians. Delano, appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So uh, we got to get right into it. What is your current situation looking like right now with absolutely zero baseball going on? A lot of TV, binge watching, um, TV shows, movies, working out, you know, just trying to stay busy as much as I can, uh, trying to make the days go by fast so that, you know, we can get out this out this situation that, that we're all in and get back to some sports. You know, you look forward all off season to get out to spring training and get ready for the season, and it just kind of stops. It's weird, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, our health is the number one thing, and uh, you know, this it's not gonna last forever. So, you just gotta make the best out of it um, and pass the time as 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 well as we know how. What are the shows, man? What are you watching? Uh, I watch The Outsider um, on HBO. And then um, watching Designated Survivor. Um, I was big on that. I haven't watched that's that. That's a good one. That's how good. how yeah, deep are you? How good. deep into it are you? Honestly, I'm like on the fourth episode. Oh, the first season. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, I'm you got super. I'm super early. You got a lot of story. <laughs> you already crushed. You already crushed one show. It's been like what two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knocked out a show in two weeks. Moving right. on. Are you a but, are um, you a binger when you watch these shows? Like, do you do you try to, like knock them yeah, out? Yeah, usually. But I've been uh, I've been playing Call of Duty. Oh, okay. And uh, playing the show, and that usually lasts for like a week, and then I'm off it. So, <laughs> so, so tell me, what was getting into the baseball side of things? What was it like being in spring training and then just having it come to a complete halt? I mean, obviously, we haven't seen something like that, but it's got to, uh, from a player's perspective, I feel like it's got to be a little strange, a little concerning to to be gearing up for this uh, this season, and then all of a sudden we're headed home, packing up. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of like a weird vibe all spring, uh, to be honest. It was like we were preparing for the season, but there was just like a vibe around that there could be a chance that it could stop with you know country shutting down and. You know, there was there was cases that were starting to kind of trickle over here in, in America. And I don't know. I just felt like it was just a matter of time. I didn't think it would get to the point where, you know, there'd be no sports at all right now. I thought it'd get to the point where, okay, like we're playing with no fans in the stands or only a certain amount of fans or something like that. But we were actually um, in our union meeting and like right toward the end of it, one of the one of our um, union leaders saw a tweet and said that the NBA had canceled their season, and we were all sitting there like, "Man, we next!" Like <laughs> it was just inevitable that it was going to happen. So once once the NBA shut it down, then it was kind of a trickle effect from there, and uh, now we're here. It's wild, man. So yeah. with like, was it an easy transition? kind of shutting things down because like for our end as far as fans go like I remember seeing something like the Yankees kind of anonymously or unanimously I should say voted to stay and work out and then were there other teams doing that were there other players like hey let's just stick it out and see what we can do kind of thing or is everybody like let's just get out of here yeah most of us were wanting to stay and just you know we had everything there the batting cage 
you know, the field, the weight room, training staff. And so a lot of us were going to stay and just continue to work out because we were supposed to, you know, play in the first week of April or whatever it was, second week. And um, as soon as it started getting pushed back and pushed back, it was like, all right, well, you know, I, guys wanted to go home and spend time with their families that, they're, that, that they've been away from. And guys just started kind of leaving. And, and our, uh, our GM came in and kind of encouraged us to, to go home and uh, get away from everybody. Obviously, spring training, you're there with a lot of people. So the whole message of not being a large group of of people, that's not the best place to be. <laughs> so he pretty much said, y'all, y'all kind of do whatever y'all want. Just let us know where you are, but take care of yourself, take care of your health. He actually told us to to not even worry about baseball stuff right now. Just make sure that y'all are healthy. Um, I don't know. It's weird because there's no timeline. You know what I'm saying? There's no like no start time for when we're supposed to report or anything. It's kind of like we just sit around and we wait, we wait, we wait. Hell, we might not even play at all this year. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just, it's just like a really weird place to be in. But, you know, after it just started getting pushed back, we were just like, we might as well just go home and, and be with our families and just, just make the best out of what, what's going on. Well, that was kind of something I was going to ask you about, and I I don't want to go on and on about it because I know everybody's tired of talking about coronavirus already, but you kind of touched on it already about not even really knowing if we're going to have a season. As a player, are you guys getting any indication as to what's going on? Are you guys just as much in the dark as we are? Yeah, we're just, I mean, we're in the dark just as much as everybody else. Um, you know, there was, you know, people were saying, oh, we're going to play in May, then it moved to June, then July. So at this point, it's like, well, it could just keep getting pushed back and pushed back. So as far as like, if I'm running an organization, I'm not going to sit here and and give guys false hope of when we're supposed to be playing, you know, um, it's kind of, like you said, we're in the dark just as much as everybody else. And um, all we know is, is you can't be in a group of 50 people or more. And that was that was like that's lasting eight weeks, and then after that eight weeks is over, then we can start figuring out what to do from from there. But you know we're we're shut down for at least two months, and um, after that it's just kind of what the league wants to do, and you know what where the country is at that at that point. But you know there's no guarantees, there's no telling what's going to happen in two months. Um, so we just sit here and, and you know just just wait it out it's it's honestly i've never been in anything like this we have to just wait to <laughs> to play usually you just know but you know it gives it gives people time to really self-reflect and 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 grow as people as human beings and um you know it's a really good opportunity for for our country to kind of wrap our, wrap our arms around each other and just support each other and be there for one another so as much as it sucks that we're not, we don't have sports. It's it's also uh, kind of just like a unique moment in our history to try to fix some things that that's wrong with our country right now. I like it. Well, I mean, like Kyle said, we won't dive too far into it just because that's what yeah. I feel like everybody has to talk about right uh, now. Actually, no, I just saw it. one you more got question. One more, one more question. God, I thought we were past it. <laughs> so, well, I I gotta know these things, man. Delano, what are your thoughts on? 
because obviously, as we've already been talking about, we have no idea when the season's starting. What for you personally is a is the deadline to where if you don't start by X date, just scratch the season? Because I've heard folks talking about how if the season gets to be too short, then there's really not enough time to to let the the season play out, let players blossom, if you will, and and let teams develop over the course of a regular season as they would. So, like for you, yeah. what's what? At what point is it like, all right, this is too late? Well, I think there should definitely be baseball at some point, whether it's in August or whatever, just for fans, you know what I'm saying, who love watching this play. As far as, like, having playoffs and having awards and all this stuff, I don't think if it gets that late that you can even award somebody a World Series trophy or give somebody MVP or, you know, cause people can, teams can start really hot. Players can start really hot. And, you know, for me, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And that's, that's what the beauty of our baseball season, 162 games. Yeah. It, it's, you could be really good for this period of time, but it matters at the end. And I feel like if you play two months, then everybody's going to be on this high. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like you can't reward people at that point but i do think if we're able to play no matter if it's 40 games or 80 games or whatever we should play for 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 us and also for the the people at home who support us and um who love baseball so i don't think they should completely shut the season down if we're able to play so you mentioned the union like the tough things are like you know, big league service time and talking about, you know, how do we control service time with arbitration years and stuff like that? How is that affected if you are a minor leaguer, if you're not in the show, if you have no shot at being in the show, you're for sure spending this whole year in single or double A. What's your thought process behind that? Like, how do we as fans expect these players that are so promising to like not get a full year of work. You know what I mean? Like that's to me, the scariest thing. Cause like yeah. now we're having a season where we don't have these dudes that have a shot of making it to the show and getting their time in and starting those, that clock for the six years. Yeah. I mean, those were questions that we had asked in our, in our meeting and granted like this stuff was happening like in the moment at the time. So nobody had any answers. And, you know, there's still probably isn't any answers. You know what I'm saying? I, I think, you know, the owners and, and uh, Rob Manford, they're probably talking every day, just trying to figure out what's going to, what's going to be best for us. And also, you know, talking with the union. Um, like I'm in arbitration right now. So I don't know what's going to happen, you know, because yeah. what arbitration is about playing and putting them numbers for your next year of arbitration. So, I don't know. I can go off for two months, but how does that translate into a whole season? You know, nobody really knows. It's really a lot to think about, <laughs> especially yeah, for league guys. Um, you know, guys who might be on the 40 man who didn't get sent down at camp who are trying to make a team or even non-roster guys who have a chance to make the team. Like, how does that, how does that play out? Do you, because you're in big league camp, do you get that service time because you're in big league camp? I don't know. Do we do do you get that service time and don't get paid, or do we get paid and not get that service time? It's like there's a lot of moving parts to it, and it's hard to uh, 
to really get down to the to the nuts and bolts of what what's gonna be. I try not to think about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it really is. Well, on that um, note, I'll be the guy to wave the flag on all the coronavirus there you go. talk. Uh, I know, there I know, you, go. I know you, good. you've been probably fielding <laughs> way too many questions about it. Uh, so yeah, before we get into your transition into this new role with the Indians, I want to go back just briefly to look at your time with the Rangers, uh, specifically with the transition that they were actually in themselves with new uniforms, a new park. It might have been a couple of years ago. Um, we actually went in and, and got to like look at the lockers and 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 tell them like what guys needed most you know what i'm saying so they can like custom make these lockers so i was a part of that and then uh you know obviously I, I live here in dallas so you know i did a lot of stuff to promote the stadium and and new, the new uniforms and there was a lot of excitement um going into the into this into this year um you know i had no idea that i was gonna get traded i thought i was gonna uh, be playing for the rangers so when i got that call it was really like weird it kind of I don't want to say it shook me up but I was just kind of confused I didn't understand like there was no indication that that I was gonna get traded um but on the flip side of that you know I got traded for Corey Kluber uh me and in class a so yeah. you know obviously you know the Indians they see value in who I am as a player you know hopefully as a person too to to, to be able to just bring me into the organization and give me a chance to to step in and play. Um, so on, on that side of it, you know, there's, there's a lot of positives from it, but I don't know. It was, it was just really strange. Like I still have my Jersey that I wore um, when we, when we revealed them and uh, it's a business, you know, my dad got traded for Pedro Martinez back in the day. And uh you know, he always told me, he was like, you're not playing for just one team. You play for 29 other teams. Uh, and I always keep that in mind because this game is, it is a game, but it's also a business too. And so that's something that, that he, you know, having him go through that process uh, definitely helped um, me get through that and make that transition into becoming an Indian. Who's a, who's a couple new teammates of yours with the Indians that you've connected with right off the bat? Uh, it's really hard to say, you know, because it's spring training. There's so many people. There's like, you know, you're always doing something. And you're trying to meet meet guys and get to know them. It's hard to get to know your teammates when there's 60 guys in the, in the clubhouse and coaches that you don't really know. So that um, stuff just comes further along with the season typically yeah, after yeah. spring? I, yeah, I think when the season start or when it would have started, it would have been easier to kind of, form those relationships but my locker was next to Jordan Luplo um Mike Freeman so Luke I mean we we play in the outfield together so um I guess me and him kind of have you know a relationship um Domingo Santana he got traded uh to the Astros for 100 pence um in 2011 I think and he actually came and played on my team when when I was with Houston in Lexington, and and stay with me, so I so I know him uh, from from that. Um, El Mole, and Fran Mill, uh, he's a big big jokester. Um, you know, we kind of we kind of hit it off. All right, bro. Let's go into let's go into your past a little bit. So take us back 
to uh, to what it was like, you know, being the, the son of a big leaguer and what that whole growing up was of expectations of maybe I can do this too and eventually do what, what dad's doing kind of thing. It was a unique experience. It was um, definitely something I didn't take for granted as a young kid. I knew I was fortunate um, more so than a lot of my peers, you know, to, to be able to go into a big league clubhouse and get to share those experiences. Um, I wasn't a kid that, that like bragged at all. Um, uh, my little sister, she would, uh, she would sometimes like say little things and I get mad at her. Like, like you can't say those things, you know, like name <laughs> like, drop kind like, of thing. Like, you know who I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she's more outspoken than me. Um, but I just always knew like to not throw it in people's face, um, that, that, you know, we were fortunate to, to be in a position and blessed to get to experience these things that that none of our friends got to um, growing up. So uh, it was cool. Um, and then growing up, playing ball, um, you know, me and my dad had the same name. So obviously there's a lot of uh, attention and attraction towards just that. And I didn't like it, <laughs> to be <There> honest. <laughs> um you know, my dad always said, he's like, sometimes I wish I didn't name you Delino because he he's kind of seen how I've formed into my own person. Um, you know, he's always kind of seen that comparison. We still do compare it to this day. And he's always wanted me, wanted me to be kind of separate from him. And, and you know, I've, I've always felt that too. Um you know, granted, like, I love my dad. I love my pops. But um, a lot of people don't understand what it's like when you're just constantly just being compared to being compared to being compared to to your dad, you know, um, because of your name or, you know, we play the same sport. So so I started playing football, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, all right, this baseball stuff is cool or whatever. I'm going to play football because nobody knows Delano Shields a football player type of thing. Yeah. And, uh so I started playing that in fifth grade and um, stopped playing football and in, in ninth or going into my sophomore year and got convinced to play my junior year. And um, really thought that that was something that I could pursue just because I wanted to be different. You know, I wanted to separate myself from him. Um, what position you play? Running back. But um, I was going to LSU to play both. Um, and it would have been a cool experience, but I just felt like, if I went to school, I would have been selling myself short for one and taking an opportunity away from somebody else who had dreams of playing in the NFL. And I didn't want to like take that from anybody. And that was pretty much the, the thing that kind of let me know that baseball was, the, what, was what it was for me. And, you know, I was the eighth overall pick. And with that comes with a lot of expectations and, and, and also the comparisons were like outrageous at that time. Um, Cause now I'm getting into professional baseball and trying to, trying to get to the big leagues. I mean, there was, there's places every time I come with the bat, there was something about my dad or something that, you know, you'd never be as good as your dad. And I mean, hell in the big leagues, I still hear that, you know? Um, but over time, over time, I've, I've kind of just learned how to just block it out. And uh, you know, at this point, 
it is what it is. Um, those things are never going to stop. But, you know, I had a great childhood, though. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that I got to meet that, you know, still send us Christmas cards. So I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, we're able to still maintain those relationships. And, you know, I'll see guys that, that played with my dad and they remember me when I was little and stuff. And, you know, those things you, you can't really, I don't know, take for granted or explain. It's just, it's just a really cool and a unique thing for me. I had heard you're a humble dude and uh, you are quite literally proving it right here with this conversation. <laughs> you, I got to say, man, you're, you're better, <laughs> you're better dude than we are, man. Turning down <laughs> chance to go to LSU to play both just because you wanted to give somebody else a yeah. shot. That's uh more power to you, man. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. I appreciate it. For appreciate sure. It. Uh, switching gears here. Um, Cause I, w- I want to talk just a little more ball and then I, I want to get into Delano off the field. Uh, but a question I had for you is, uh, and this is a question I like asking guys that we chat with uh, just because it gives, it gives the person we're talking to a chance to kind of maybe, uh, maybe to disprove some rumors that, that may be circulating the, the baseball media world or just the baseball world in general uh, of guys that maybe just get a bad rap. Who are some guys that uh, you've either played with or against that you would say are as advertised? Like the guy that you see on TV, whether he's charismatic or he's just nose to the ground type of guy, who is a guy you would say, or a couple guys, uh, if you can think of multiple that are that you would say are as advertised, I would say Mike Trout. I mean, that guy is like Derek Jeter almost to me. You know, does everything like the right way. You know what I'm saying? He's like yeah. that guy. Uh, doesn't he's not very vocal. He doesn't get mad. You know what I'm saying? Or you you never see it. Um, he just carries himself in a very professional way all the time. And I was in a division, so I got to play against him a lot and, and watch him. Um, I would say somebody who is not as they seem is Odor. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People, uh, you know, they, they see him as this like fiery guy and he's always like angry and stuff and he wants to fight everybody, you know, <laughs> but he's really just like a big old kid. Um, well, everybody just associates him with that that incident, and I mean, if you don't know anybody, yeah. that's all you can think of when you hear his name. So when right. you land a punch right. like that, honestly, you gotta. I mean, he, landed, <laughs> he, he landed a punch uh, in the minor leagues too. Did he? And yeah, so when that happened, that video kind of resurfaced, and it was like, oh, he does this, like he's a fighter type of thing, and he don't play. Like if you're on the field and. And he's a he's an competitor, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't he doesn't like losing. Um you could tell how passionate he is about what he does and how much he cares. But as soon as you step out, get him out of his uniform, he's just like big old kid, you know. <laughs> uh, how's Adrian Beltre? Oh, he's he's like Captain America, you know. <laughs> uh same kind of presence as, as Trout. You know, he's just like He's more of a – well, I've, I've never played with Trout, so I can't really say much about his, like, leadership qualities and stuff. But with Adrian, he's the type of guy that, that like, wanted to win so bad that if he – like, I remember my first year, he, like, pulled me aside and was like, hey, like, 
we need you. So I don't know what's going on, but we're here to help you. But I need you to like, like get it together type of thing. And I was like, dang, okay. So it was, it was, it was cool that coming from him and not like my manager or anything like that. You know, this guy, I watched him playing on TV, Hall of Fame caliber player. And he looked at me as like a piece to, to help us get to where we were going to go. And, uh, but that's just the type of player that he is. He, he, you can, he has fun all the time. He's always goofing off outside the locker room also, um, or in the locker room, I should say, versus on the field. Uh, he, he's as advertised as far as that goes. Um, I like it. Now those yeah. are good answers. No yeah, more pressure. Good picks, man. Uh, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> You're off the hot seat now, man. You're good. <laughs> uh, so as far as uh, as like other sports go, um, are you uh, are you a fan of certain areas? Like, are you a are you from the East Coast, right? So are you, yeah. Who's your NFL team over there? I'm a Falcons fan. Falcons, okay. Yeah. Todd Gurley's uh, a good really pickup. Started- yeah, he might be. Oh no, no faith. <laughs> I mean, no, I, 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 I like what he brings, but he got yeah. released for a reason. You know, sure. there's something wrong with him. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, if we can get Todd Gurley two years ago, that's perfect for us. But yeah. who really knows? <laughs> so, yeah. and uh, I was a Michael Vick fan. I love Michael Vick growing up. Um, you know, just to. For one, just seeing like a black quarterback in the NFL was just something that wasn't really a thing back then. I mean, Donovan McNabb, uh, that was about it, you know? <laughs> so he turned that city upside down. Yeah, so that's kind of where, you know, my Falcon fan kind of kind of came into and and it grew and you know, I was really upset when they drafted Matt Ryan, even though Vic was <laughs> locked up. I was like, "Hey, Vic gonna come out and he gonna come back to the Falcons and we're gonna win the Super Bowl." That's that's kind of <laughs> what what everybody was thinking. And uh, you know, I'm still a ride or die Falcons fan. I was upset when they lost Super Bowl. Tom Brady, I would never bet against Tom Brady ever <laughs> again. Even with um, the Bucks, doesn't matter who he's with. Getting... Doesn't matter. Nope, doesn't matter. <laughs> Those weapons no. are crazy. They're gonna be good. That's gonna be crazy yeah, down there. But but Tom Tom Brady, he's just I mean, he's just Tom Brady, you know. Uh I hate that he moved into our division. Yeah. But <laughs> like we already struggled we're, we're already struggling <laughs> with New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine him being in the I mean, it's gotta be what, two years max? I mean, he can't yeah. he physically he just cannot. All the dude does is yoga. He eats gluten-free stuff, man. That's true. I don't even and, know if that guy's got gray <laughs> hair on his head yet, man. That's crazy. And he and he, and he doesn't get hit either. Yeah, like that's how true. Many, how many times do you see him get, like, knocked out? Never. Yeah. And if he does, those yeah. guys that hit him get bounced from the league. So it's all good. He's, he's in a good <laughs> yeah, spot. Yeah, exactly. Right. He gets rid of the ball. He gets touched by him. So he ain't worried <laughs> about it. All they do is take care of his arm, and that's it. So kind of continuing the thread of uh, Delano off the field, tell us a little bit about some of your interests off the field. Uh, I know I've, I've 
read up on the fact that you're big into fashion. I've seen you. Yeah. I've seen you uh, modeling in front of some Mercedes Benz. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I know you wouldn't say that. I'll go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> I see you taking pics in front of the Benz. Uh, big into shoes, maybe. Mm, yes and no. It it depends. Like I started buying uh, buying shoes this year. I've never been like a shoe guy. Never was really like a, a sneakerhead or anything like that. I didn't understand the concept of why people got so mad about people stepping on their shoes. You know, <laughs> like I'm I was right always outside. You, yeah, I was always outside. You know what I'm saying? So like, my shoes was messed up. I didn't care. You know, it was like whatever. But yeah, because all you probably have guys... is like running shoes and turfs. That's probably what you live. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But uh, yeah, so I just never understood that concept, and it probably was part of the reason why I just didn't get into it. I didn't care that much. And I also went to a private school, so we didn't have to, like, wear regular clothes to school. Um, so nobody talked about it, you know. It was just like, oh, we get up in the morning, pull on a polo or khakis, and we're off. So, <laughs> um, there's I see some drip now, though. We got a couple chains on. Bro, Get not to mention rings. that I saw that Tribe Fest hat. What what was that about, man? That I mean, that was fire. I just, you know, I wanted to 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 bring that bring that dump to the city, you know, let people know uh, what was coming in there. So <laughs> that's all that was. was Cleveland's got to love a, you, man. They they're gonna love you. Yeah, well, that's the plan. Hopefully, but <laughs> you know, I can't I can't predict the future. So we'll see. What's uh? Are you like big into food? Do you you already talked about movies and shows? Like, what's kind of your what's kind of your vibe on an off day? On a normal off day, not like during the season. Day. Yeah, I don't do nothing. On Just straight day. chill. I love it. I love the honesty. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, play every day. You know, right. like right. I'm around people all the time. It's like the one time I get to decompress i'm decompressing to like don't ask me to do nothing i might i might like go into the movies or something by myself but that's about it that's what i was going to ask you when you're doing nothing are you doing nothing like by yourself or are you like around other people but you're still doing nothing or do you like just totally cut yourself off from people and be like no i need this day to chill yeah i'm just i'm chilling i'm chilling wake up late just sit on the couch, just really decompress. You mentioned movies. Tell me about, T was telling me about uh, some involvement with Sonic the Hedgehog. What is that all about? Tell me Tell me a little more about that. Last year, I dyed my hair blue. And I had actually, just like joking around, bought a, a Sonic like costume. This was before I dyed my hair. Um, Not really thinking of it, just like, wanted to do something funny or something i ended up never wearing it but <laughs> i uh i had it and so i dyed well my hair was it was originally like a dark purple and you know as time went on i washed my hair it turned blue where the blue came from so originally it wasn't even supposed to be that color and then the sonic movie had, was coming out later on that year and uh it was just one of those things where 
I decided to just kind of roll with it and, and play off um, the sonic speed thing. And, uh, you know, I linked up with Duro. Uh We made a walkout song for me. That was called Sonic. And, um, you know, we just created a lot, a lot of momentum. Um, and they got noticed. They got recognized. And um, Paramount Studios, they, they wanted to do, give me a private show for the movie that came out in, Febu- in February, I think, January, February. And uh, that was cool, you know. Um, wasn't really expecting anything to, to that degree. Um, I think the, we were like, it would be really cool if the song was on the movie or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, that was, that was a little far-fetched. But uh, uh, I guess the next best thing would to have a private show for the, for the movie. And, you know, I got a lot of my friends and family to, to come and see it in Special Olympics. And, um, you know, we had a good time with that. All right, so you make it to the show. You're a big leaguer. Your name is well-known. Been up here a few years. Outside of baseball, who's someone you met that you were a little starstruck with? Outside of baseball? Probably Dirk Nowitzki. Okay, that's a good one. I like that. I mean, yeah, he's just seven feet tall, you know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I thought that was that was pretty cool. Met George Bush. That was uh that was pretty cool. Um Ricky Henderson. No, that's he's baseball, so that don't count. Those are good names though. That's still <laughs> uh, those are big names. Some, some nice name dropping right there. <laughs> that's really about it for me. Uh that I can think of right now. So one thing that I know that I want to talk to you about, it's kind of kind of big picture here. I know a big thing with you is wanting to really be a a key piece in changing the trajectory of the game in terms of just the popularity of it, the, the way the content is, is passed around the, the energy surrounding the game. What are some of the things that, whether it's you're thinking of in your own head or talking with guys that you're, that you're up there on the field with uh, just ideas that you all are bouncing off each other's heads. What are, what are some of the, the ways that you think, would best accomplish that well for me it, it started out with like the music that they were playing during the games it was like old music and specifically like me and joey gallo um we just talk about how like you know during bp at, at home it was like so boring you know what i'm saying um during the game they played the same thing all over and over again and uh it's more like towards the older crowd and not so much for the younger generation and that's kind of where that started for me and then then you know you go to basketball games right and they play like music during the games I'm not saying like oh we up to bat like they play music and stuff that's kind of silly but um you know the energy in in an NBA arena is always like you know you feel it all the time you know, because it's just, it's always, it's just like they play music, they, they're getting the fans involved and baseball can kind of be slow in that sense. And then, you know, you see NFL and NBA, how, you know, they have those tunnel pictures of them walking in the clubhouse and, you know, you see the guys drip. It really kind of gives you an idea of who these players are outside of their uniform. 
And that's something that we don't do. I thought something that was really cool that they did a spring training was the whole mic'd up stuff. Um, I think even taking that further and having a guy, you know, kind of when they get to the ballpark, go through a whole day of routine, uh, meeting stuff. I mean, not necessarily show everything that you're doing in the meeting, but <laughs> even if it's, you know, you talking in the meeting and hearing what your coaches are saying and, you know, being in the in the dugout on the field and the batter's box, like all that stuff is, is good content. And, uh, you know, it's something that I feel like our game has been desperately needing. But, you know, I feel like it has to start somewhere. And if I could be a little part of that, then, you know, I feel like I would have done my part. Um, in that sense of, of kind of, I don't want to say being a pioneer, but, you know, just starting that conversation of, of doing different things and shaking up the, the way game, the game has been for, for so many years and, and just bringing a, a different type of energy to it. So I like the routine thing. That's cool. That's a good idea. But like the average fan doesn't realize that you're showing up to the ballpark four, five, six hours before a game. Like, right. I think that'd be cool to shed some light on it for sure. Yeah. It's not like the NFL or the NBA where you show up and two, three hours before the game and then you play like, no, nah, we're there for one o'clock game at seven o'clock. And, you know, guys work out, guys do early work, guys hit. We have meetings. We have all this stuff just for one game, you know? So based on what you're saying, you, what I'm gathering is that you think that the way that you're all structured is set up in terms of your schedule, you think there's enough there already that you think would be a good foundation to start with? If you think, yeah, you think there's something that needs to be changed or moved? No, I think everything is there. It's just guys have to want to do it. You know, that's the one thing that I feel like is holding us back is, you know, people just don't really care about it. They want to just play baseball and then that's it. Like you see the NBA, like, it feels like every single guy wants that content. They want that for their own brand and for the sport because they know if they do this together, it's going to grow the sport. And now you look at how these guys are getting paid. Like all of that kind of runs hand in hand with each other. Um, you know, you get more attention. You get more people to the watching the, watching the game. You get, you know, different TV deals. You get you know, all this stuff you grow. And then that, now it's like internationally where these guys in Europe or wherever they are, they're, they're, they know these guys, they're like household names. And it could be a guy who's a bench player, you know, or whatever, but they just have a really cool personality. They have a uh, cool look to them. And I see it, you know, it just takes a collective group of people to, to just want to not have that same, uh, I don't know, passion i guess for that but you know i've i've this is my this will be my sixth year in the big leagues and i tell you most guys they don't care they just want to come in do their work play the game they don't care about who's watching and then as soon as the game is over shower go home you know and i get it like you got kids you got families and you want to spend time with them you don't want to be worried about all this other stuff but same time, if you want our sport to be better, then they got to start internally with us and then go from there. So it sounds like based on what you're saying, it's a lot of this issue stems from being player driven and it's not as much. How 
how much of a bad rap do you think Manfred does or doesn't get? Like, do you, I mean, based on what you're saying, based on what you're saying, like I said, it sounds like a lot of this is because of the players, but Manfred's name obviously gets thrown in this a lot based on his inability to maybe accomplish the things that you're talking about. Well, he just doesn't talk about it. You know, it's not one of those things that he like promotes or anything. He just, I just really don't think personally that he cares about it that much, which is fine, you know, but at that point we got taken into our own hands as players and, you know, the things that we may not, we just have to try to just push the envelope and, and see what happens. Just try, you know, it doesn't hurt to try. And then if it gets shut down and it gets shut down, but um, got to kind of test the waters and see what we're, what we're capable of doing in that sense. And then who knows over time, like it could take one thing to really blow up and the commission to be like, okay, this is something that I want to do to help our sport grow. Kind of like the, the guys being mic'd up in screen training. That was really good content, you know? I don't know if that's like one of those things that he could be like, okay, I want to do this during the season. I want to do this in playoffs. I want to do this in the World Series even. But it's something that can start a conversation at least. And then who knows what could happen after that. Maybe they might put microphones in guys' helmets. I mean, maybe not with all the cheating scandal stuff. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we almost yeah. made it the whole interview without it coming up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up. I'm impressed. <laughs> no, nah, that's all good. But yeah, it's just it's 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 one of those things where it starts somewhere, and then I feel like the the sky really is the limit after that. We just gotta put yourself out there a little bit. I like it, man. I I can't follow up with anything. You want to uh, you wanna slide in some DMs or what? Yeah, I say we do that. Let's roll into some uh, fan follow right. listener questions here. I apologize to our listeners if I butcher your username situation going on here. Uh, Haley Verdon 24 asks, do you miss Texas? Because Texas misses you. I do miss Texas a lot, but it's my home. So I get to come back uh, during the off season and still get to put my hands in the community like I have been trying to do, you know. Also, I'm a free agent in two years, so who knows what happens. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what kind of stuff there. do you do in your community? Um, I'm just, you know, I really wanted to to get involved with African-American youth, uh, you know, especially baseball players, because, you know, I, I feel like our, uh, our population has decreased, and a lot of them just don't really know that there's african-american players that that play baseball you know they see these dark guys and a lot of them speak spanish you know what i'm saying so they're like oh well they have nobody to really look up to you know they can't see themselves in that kind of position like they can in in a in a in a in the nfl or the nba so um that's kind of where it started and it spreads out from there. It's not just that, but sure. that was that. That's like the 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 big thing for me. And I got my whole leg tatted um, in dedication to the to the uh, Negro leagues. I grew up around that stuff, so like yeah. I know my history. But black kids, they don't know that we that we had our own league, you yeah. know. And I think that in itself 
can inspire somebody to, to go play sports. And there was a lot of really good players too, um, who who never made it because of segregation and all that stuff. So you know, I feel like it's 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 my duty as an African American baseball player to to really try to do my part in that sense and and reach out to my community and and you know try to make uh, the game better in that sense. That's awesome, man. Um, next one we got is Chris Huerta underscore underscore asks, how did it feel hitting a grand slam off of Cole Hamels after he went to the Cubs? I love Cole. Cole was my guy. Um, you know, he was one of those leaders that really took care of the younger guys. But honestly, like in that moment, I didn't think that, oh, oh this is traded. against Cole. Yeah. You know, it was like, I was just, we were in a battle. I was competing. And then he made a mistake and I clipped him. You know, it's <laughs> like, it, it was, it was a, it was my first uh, big league grand slam. And it was to, to put us ahead of run. So that was like pretty cool. That's why I was excited about it. You know, if it was like a grand slam and it didn't mean nothing, then I wouldn't have like cared that much. But, you know, the fact that it put us up a run and it was early in the game. But yeah, it was just a really cool moment, especially being open the weekend and uh, you know, having all the fans there and stuff. It was uh it was definitely one of my more special moments that I've had in the big leagues. Do you remember what pitch it was? Uh I think it, it might have been a cutter, maybe. Maybe try to he try to come in with a cutter. Um get a ground ball or something but I was on his I was on his stuff all day so <laughs> I was like if you leave something over this plate man I'm hit it hard somewhere yeah I love and how I, you said I, you I, clipped him you hit it you clipped him into like the 10th row yeah that was I saw that video though man you I don't know if I've seen somebody more happy around in the bases you you were loving that yeah I mean there's just a lot of energy a lot of energy there and you know I don't hit a lot of homers either you know so that one specifically, Grand Slam down four one, put us up five four. What's not good? Excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, Drew underscore Wilder thirty asks the one thing you'll miss most about the Dallas Fort Worth area is I guess since you're living there you can't miss it that much. But what's mm -hmm. one thing you miss by not being there every day? Probably the food. I had a feeling you were gonna say food. <laughs> I've heard good things. I mean, food here is is awesome. It's like very. There's a lot of unique spots. Um, I feel like there's really not a lot of chain restaurants out here, um, and that's something that I think that what makes the city really unique in that sense. Uh, but yeah, you can. There's all different types of food out here. It's the best. <laughs> I'm a big food guy. Kyle just likes chicken nuggets, but no. I'm big on food, so <laughs> it's cool. Um, <laughs> Ginger Nation 96 asks, do you have a favorite stand-up comedian? Josh Richards. I don't know if I know him. That's the guy that's Ginger Nation. <laughs> it is? It's yeah. Ginger Nation 96. That's yeah. him? Yeah. I like it. As soon as you said that, he was, I was, set, like, he was I, setting I you up, man. Yeah. There's only, there's only one answer for this. No idea. 
Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Murray Kang asks, you versus your dad, home run derby, who would win? We'll take primes. Right now? Yeah, right I think now? we'll take Prime, primes. Prime? I think it's only fair. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I hit my ceiling yet, so that's kind of hard to... Yeah, I was about to say. Ooh, right? What are we talking like, about here, Nate? He hasn't hit his prime. Well, I mean, what are, we, <laughs> what are we doing here? I mean, you now versus your dad at your age. How about that? I don't know. I, I have to give me a really big bat. <laughs> I think I think I think I could get them though. <laughs> Very cool. Ten pitches, ten pitches each in a in a classic format home run derby. Uh, if you had to put a number to your tally and to his tally, what do you what do you put in that? I don't, I don't, I don't know. In spring training though, I was blasting balls. I was like, where is this even come? I had no idea that I even had it in me. So I don't know. I could probably put out six, probably out of ten. I mean, it just depends on if I connect with it right. If I connect with it right, it's gonna go for sure. Depends if right. you or the is it you or the new balls. I was about to say it depends <laughs> on what balls we're using. I feel like. Nah, I mean it's it's probably a mix of that and too, but it made me feel. Don't shoot me down, bro. <laughs> Getting in the gym is cool. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. That's all of our DMs. Delano, I got one. Nate, I don't know if you got anything else, but I got one question for you. Delano, if you had a all-time two, three, four, who are you putting in those slots? Two, three, four, four. Yeah. Uh, Barry Bonds would definitely be my four. Um, my three, Ricky Henderson. And then my two would probably be Tony Gwynn. Ooh. I mean, you can't really go. I mean, that's scary. That's solid. Yeah. Sheesh. Scary. Yeah, that's nice, man. I like it. Nate, you got anything? Um, I think, uh, I guess, just favorite player as a kid outside of Pops. Matt Stairs. Ooh. Really? That's a good answer. That's an out, yeah. of, the, out, of, out of the blue answer. I like it. Yeah, I just I just love how he used to come off the bench and take G hacks. Like that was <laughs> I love that. You know, he'd be he'd be in the like. So my dad played in Chicago. He played with him there, and he'd be in the he'd be in the in the clubhouse just pounding beer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> call him. Hey, let's go hit. Bam! <laughs> just taking G. I I loved it, man. He he was a really like cool guy. Good energy. Um. But I just, I just thought he was just super different. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's wild. That's a cool story. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. outside the box answer for sure. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere, I like it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't like picking favorites. You know, people always assume that my dad was my favorite player and stuff. But I always, I want to say always, but I like being different. You know what I'm saying? I don't like following what other people, who other people like. Other teams has always been that way. So you're different. I dude. like it. Man. Gotta like it. Keep yeah. keep doing it that way, then. For sure. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Before we let you go, uh, give you a chance here to plug your socials. I mean, people can find you if they want to find you, but put it out there. Let people know where they can find you. Y'all can find me at at Lino the Shields, not the Lino. That's my my dad. Uh, L I N O the Shields. Uh, those are my handles for. IG and Twitter. So for future, Early, man. for future reference, should we be calling you Lino? 
No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't know if you were trying to break the mold or not because you were t- you're saying you want to be a different dude. No. Well, I, I just meant that that's my dad's Instagram name. So if you typed in the line on the shields, you would probably find my dad. On pops. <laughs> yeah, but my parents named me Delino, so, you know, I don't want to change my name because they gave it to me for a reason, so. Humblest dude ever, man. Humblest dude ever. <laughs> appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, sure. We'll, appreciate we'll talk me. to you all soon, man. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks, guys. All right, so that was the Delino DeShields Jr. conversation. Nate, tell me some of the highlights. Oh, man. I think it was cool hearing him being in the same spot we are, in the dark of what the plan is for the MLB and um, not really certain of what's going to happen. And, um, you know, what's cool is that I think, you know, like I said, it's it's relatable. All of us are binge-watching Netflix right now and watching movies. And um, I, I think what's cool about these opportunities to talk to guys like this. So they're just regular dudes, but they're really, really, really good at something. And so really good. So what's cool is that, uh, you know, when you take that away, they're just real guys and uh, they like talking about that stuff. So um, that and the Matt stare story, that was, where did that come from? Holy cow. Amazing. I don't know too many, I don't know too many listeners out there. Remember Matt stares, but, that guy was a stud. Not to mention, it. if I recall, it did not take him very long to recall that. Not that at name. all. He was <laughs> like, yeah, all. yeah, Matt Stairs, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what? Not your household name, but no, cool no. guy. That That is a sweet story. That was awesome. But yeah, kind of like what you were saying, I think one of the things that I feel as though I'm becoming, or I'm learning to appreciate more about these guys, like the more that, the more that we interview and, and talk to, is that we're learning very quickly that they very much are just like us. Like they're, yeah. they're not in this exclusive club, obviously in terms of their talent and, and the league mm-hmm. they play in. Yes. But they don't have Rob Manfred's phone number. Like they're not getting the inside scoop on these things. Yeah. Like they're very, like you said, very much in the same boat that we are. And they're learning about these things on t- like, I mean, they're learning about these things on Twitter almost the same time we are. Right. He talked about being in the, and then union meeting and somebody got, saw a tweet about the NBA and it's like, Oh, it's it just, the same thing. Yeah. And it really just kind of humanizes these guys. It really like puts them on a, on a much more relatable level than yeah. I feel like most people would anticipate. And so that's been something cool to see. Uh, obviously not just with Delano, but like I said, with all the guys that we've talked to, that's been, that's been one of my favorite parts is just realizing how similar these guys are to just like your average everyday fan learning stuff yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Good dude. Super humble guy. Definitely made me a fan of not only, you know, the person that he is, but uh, definitely going to be rooting for him throughout the year. If we get to play. Yeah. As long as we stay out of the AL East, haven't talked to any AL East guys. So I have no problem pulling for any of these guys, <laughs> but I, I think we're, where the waters will start start to get a little muddy is when uh, we start, interesting. <laughs> start tapping in these Ailey's guys. But uh, no, yeah. like you said, super humble guy. Um, and definitely, yeah, I mean, super easy to pull for. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I hope there's a season this year 
so that we can watch him play in some games because now that we have this experience and this conversation with him, I'm a big uh, Delano DeShields Jr. fan moving forward. So, 100%. Any closing thoughts on on our conversation with him? Hmm. I think you're just still in awe of the Matt Stairs thing. Like, I really am. That story <laughs> was so good. I'm pretty sure. Beers. I'm pretty sure you kind of you kind of fell back in your seat a little bit. What? <laughs> it really did catch you off guard. Did but drop that name. See, the match there, as I remember, was like Phillies pinch hitter. And he's right. You just come out and just take gangster <laughs> straight out, uh, right out, right out of the clubhouse, just ready to go. I didn't know he's back there crushing beers. Yeah, what? A, how bad it's that's dope. <laughs> I love Unbelievable. It. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can we can pick up some more stories like this, moving right along down the road. Yeah, with guys in the future, we got some. I I think we got some interviews lined up here in the coming weeks. Like you said, these guys don't so, have any excuse. Yeah, I mean you no heard excuse. you heard him. He was over there watching Designated Survivor. These guys, these guys aren't at the training facility. They can't be. Yeah. So hopefully we can snag some interviews. And on the off chance that any of our listeners have any connections, please let us know. We've actually had yeah. one or two. One or two of the guys that we've had on here already have been through a connection established by one of our listeners. So that is all that I have. Tell them about the ratings, the reviews, I, and I, stars. If, if we're not getting five stars at this point, we're out here hustling. Out here getting just prime guys coming in here, giving interviews. I don't know what more to do. I think this is if, – if you've never given five stars before – this has got to be it in my mind. So rate review hit subscribe. You never know when the Wi-Fi is going to go down during all this stuff, probably uploading it with every tablet and, and phone and video game system in your house could crash at any more, any moment. So subscribe, get that bad boy on the phone, download it, give it some lessons. And kind of piggybacking off of that. We are big into sending screenshots of you guys listening. Just like hit the screenshot, send us a message, put it up on IG story, tag us, yeah. put something nice about me. It doesn't have to be nice about Nate. Whatever, whatever you want to do. More often than not, it's nice. More, it's not, <laughs> more often not than ridiculous. not. Just let us know you're listening. And heck, even for this episode, tag Delano. Mm-hmm. I know he's going to want to see you all listening. Tag us, tag Delano. Let us know you're listening. Leave us a little message. That's all I got to do. Yeah. Uh, last thing I got, Nate. Uh, did you see that we're simming the 2020 season? I sure did. That'll be the show. Yeah. Games through April were simmed last week. The standings, the player stats, team stats, all that were up on the IG. Um, let's see. The games through May are going to be posted this coming Thursday. I think I'm going to make that a Thursday thing. I'm okay. Do, I think I'm going to do a month each week. Mm-hmm. So if you are listening and you want to check out that simulation, hit up the IG. Tell me how your team's doing. Those simula- You'd be surprised, man. Those simulations are pretty – I mean, they got the teams where you think they're going to be. There's some surprises. I will say watching. Do you watch the simulation? I don't know. I can't watch that many. I can't watch (laughs) 30 teams 
Hey, man. Play an entire month of baseball. What else we got? You got to do what you got to do. This is where we are. Yeah. I don't know. Happy quarantining. And uh, don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all. And as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. Time you to take, you take. Don't tell me you don't see it. You look. You understand?